Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. My name is John Siegley, joined today by Sherelle McMillan. Well, we're coming off Carolina's victory over Pitt, which was much needed. Say what you want about Pittsburgh as an opponent, but the Heels had to get a win tonight. But, you know, in that first half, it was a little bit closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, so before we start and get too deep into the podcast, let's just put the caveat out there. Everything that happened today, we can say, yeah, it was Pitt. So we understand it was Pitt. We get it. You know, they're not very good. They're struggling this year. So we don't need to caveat that every time because it's going to be very easy to say, well, it was just Pitt. It was just Pitt. But, uh, you know, for the first, really the first, I guess, 15 minutes, 16 minutes of the game, Pitt played North Carolina well. They did exactly what Clemson and NC State and Virginia Tech did to some degree, uh, making open threes. I think they made seven of their first 11 or, or some kind of stat like that. So they were confident. And, you know, I think you could feel the energy like watching on TV from the crowd. They were getting a little nervous. And then Cam Johnson really came on uh, to spread that run. And, you know, they came out in the second half and then just completely destroyed them so it was an uneven performance of the first 15 minutes but i think uh i think Roy williams was really happy probably with the rest of the game the last 25 minutes yeah i think carolina fans were having terrible flashbacks to the nc state game when Pitt. i think the announcer said at one point they had 11 made field goals and seven of them were threes but right. like you said i mean carolina was able to reverse that i mean for the game pittsburgh ended up shooting 10 for 30 so you figure that after the first maybe 15 minutes of the first half, that means Carolina really only gave up three more threes the rest of the game. So I know that was a concern going into this one. So do you think that you know, the Tar Heels were able to kind of maybe fix some of the issues that they were giving uh, opponents way too good looks from beyond the arc? Not particularly because there were still a lot of open threes. I mean, <laughs> they were still taking them in the second half, and I think their legs were kind of gone. And they were down by 20, so they were just like, whatever. But, you know, there were still tons of wide-open threes. Granted, Pitt hit a couple of ones that were kind of, you can call them fluky. There was one from about 26 feet as the shot clock expired. The guy just picks it up and throws it up, and it goes in. There were a couple of those. One, uh, Theo Pinson was in great defensive position, and one of the players just, you know, shot it over the top of him. So there's nothing really you can do about that. But there were a few, especially in the corners. That's kind of the spot. There were a few in the corners where guys were wide open um, off of dribble penetration, and they knocked down threes. And uh, that can't happen for North Carolina if they want to go through this next three-game stretch, you know, kind of coming out on the right side after Monday when they go, you know, Duke Thursdays uh, at NC State Saturday and Notre Dame on Monday. So something has to change about that, or it's it's not going to look good for Carolina next week this time. Yeah, the competition goes up about, you know, 10 levels when you go from Pittsburgh to Duke next Thursday, like you said. I mean, Roy has said in his post-game press conferences that he's been teaching them and really going over and not giving up those open threes. It just may be something that Carolina has to deal with this year. 
Yeah, and their hope is that guys miss shots that maybe in the flow of the game, um, they're, either they're too open or, you know, people always say that. They say it's easier for a shooter to make a shot when someone's lunging at them when they're open it's it's it can be a little awkward but you know it's like shooting free throws almost it's just a little awkward so between that and some guys just having bad nights i think that's kind of their hope the defense it can get incrementally better but i don't think you're going to see a huge change because we have such a big body of work of them playing poor defense especially um guarding the three-point line i I think that's what is going to be moving forward and it'll be interesting to see if there are any changes uh, any subtle changes for thursday because you know north carolina has five days off basically to get ready for Duke. And then on the flip side, though, the Heels were able to have a good shooting night from three themselves. For the game, they were 11 for 27. That includes Luke May going three for five, Joel Berry going four for eight. Uh, Cam Johnson was only one for seven, but the one he hit was during the run that you mentioned earlier, Rail, that Cam kind of sparked. So when you're looking at it overall, the Heels were kind of able to pull away because they got hot from the three-point line in that second half. Yeah, it's kind of sad because we expect this from Luke May now. Um, it's kind of, he's reached that point where 26 points on 9 of 15 shooting from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line with 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. It's like, yeah, that's what Luke May does. But he he definitely shot the ball well. The biggest thing for North Carolina, I think, was Kenny Williams making a couple, he made three threes in the game, and he really played well in the second half. I think he had 8, eight or 10 of his 15 was in the second half. And uh, just having him see the ball go through the basket because he's really been struggling basically all of ACC play. So having him see the ball go through the basket, get a little bit of confidence, I think is pretty big for next week. Not just the Duke game, because I don't think you can talk about just the Duke game. You have to talk about this set, this Thursday. We've been talking about it for two weeks now. This Thursday, Saturday, Monday, three games in five days kind of gauntlet they have to go through. They really, really would have a much better chance of winning Obviously, if Kenny Williams was able to knock down some shots and take a little pressure off Joel Berry, if all four of those guys can be hitting at the same time, then North Carolina has a pretty potent offense, as you see. And Carolina was also uh, buoyed a little bit in this pit game by the two 10-point contributions apiece from Brooks and Manley. Brooks was 5 for 6 for his 10 points. Manley was 3 for 4. But I think what was key for Manley was he was 4 for 4 from the free throw line. So the fact that you got 20 points from your two freshman bench bigs, that also really, really helped out the heels put this game away. I almost did the caveat again, even though we said we weren't going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley, if you listen to Roy Williams' press conferences, he said he felt like he needed to get them more time for their development. Um, I don't have the minutes in front of me, but I, I think they both played well. It looked like they had more confidence, and I'm not sure if that's something that happened in practice, if it's from hearing Coach Williams's comments. But uh, mainly, you know, took a couple turnaround jump shots, which they didn't look—they didn't go in, but they didn't look bad. They didn't look forced or something that he can't do. Garrison Brooks had a nice turnaround jump shot again. It looks like something that he can do, just that he hasn't maybe done. And then they both finished pretty well around the rim, which is something we've talked about on these podcasts in the past at North Carolina. You know, the two big men because they're young because they haven't had a year, full year of conditioning in North Carolina. They're still not as strong as they will be. And sometimes they don't finish great around the basket. But Brooks did a good job of that, I think. And, and so did Manley. So, you know, positive game from the big men. Again, the competition's about to ramp up. But they've had two, I think they've had two games in a row where they've played pretty well and played pretty well on the court at the same time. So in terms of minutes, Brooks actually had 18, according to the box score that I'm looking at. And Manley had seven. So seven minutes, 10 points for Sterling Manley. That's a pretty good line. 
Yeah, it seems like he was in there longer, so he must have been, he was definitely taking advantage of the time that he got, because I feel like there were a couple of times where they actually threw the ball to him in the post and gave him a couple of seconds to make his move. And, you know, it, I think it's just a good thing, just him getting that experience, him and Brooks getting that experience where they're actually throwing the ball, they can take their time, they can make a move, they can pass out of double teams, all that good stuff. This just bodes well moving forward for North Carolina. The more positive vengeance those guys can get, the better. Oh, Absolutely. And then let's turn to the backup point guard spot. That was a big-time story that broke earlier in the week where Jalek Felton has been suspended by the university. So it was a question mark coming into this game, who was going to play backup point guard. And I think Theo, it was at a press conference where he kind of made a quip like they've still got me at the backup point guard spot. Mm -hmm. And so he had actually ended up playing, at least from what I saw. He did cover the point guard when Joel Berry sat. And he ended up with eight assists tonight. And I think that just goes to show that Theo is really an engine for this team. I mean, he only had two points, one of seven shooting, but seven defensive rebounds, six offensive rebounds. So 13 total boards tonight, eight assists, only one turnover. You can't ask for really much more out of Theo. Yeah, it's it's one of those you, people always say it, and a lot of times it's not true, but they say it anyway. That oh, this this guy impacts the game without even scoring. But I think you can actually see that with Theo Benson. He really helps the North Carolina offense go. He gets guys open looks all the time. There were in addition to the actual assists, Adrian Atkinson does a great job, and Carolina does a great job of checking kind of the hockey assists, the pass that leads to the pass, and he had a few of those as well. Thirteen rebounds. You know, he's he's basically the starting power forward. So. You expect 13 rebounds from your starting power forward or somewhere around there. And the assists, we, like I said, we just known that he has the ability to pass and he sees things that most people don't. And some of the windows he fits those passes in are, are pretty remarkable. So I don't think it was that much of a change. And actually, you know, maybe it's something where the coaching staff will look back and say, well, maybe we should have been doing this a little bit earlier just because it's so natural for him to have the ball in his hands and make, you know, make plays for others. Yeah, Theo really looked in control. There was a moment there in the very first five minutes of the game where I think everyone held their breath a little bit when he just got his arm kind of, I don't even know really what happened there, but they looked at his shoulder. He was fine. He came back in and he really just played, I thought, a really great game. He's good on defense and they're really going to need Theo against Duke, which we can kind of finish up this podcast looking forward a little bit ahead to that Duke game, Rel, do you think that by not only beating Pitt, but blowing them out, 31-point victory, do you think that this will give the Heels a little bit of bonus confidence going into that game against Duke? Yeah, and, and the fact that it's at home, I think, will help them a good deal. But they were coming off of not just, not even bad defensive performances, like historically atrociously bad defensive performances. So even, again, I said we weren't going to do the caveat, but I'm doing it again. Even though it was just Pittsburgh, who was 0-11 in conference after tonight's game, just being able to have fun on the court again. I mean, this team over the last, I guess, 14 days has kind of looked miserable on the court. Nobody looks like they're having fun. There's not a ton of energy. I think in the second half against Clemson in Little John, there was a little bit of that when they made the comeback. But for the most part, it looks just like they're they're not having fun. They're not enjoying it. They're definitely engaged and they're very, definitely into it. There's a difference when you're having fun and emotional and energetic versus when you're like, just got to come out of here with a win and emotional and energetic. It just looks different. And it's much easier to do that in front of your home crowd. So all that to say that, yeah, I do think it helps North Carolina just because now they have some time off to look back and say, hey, you know, they, they beat Pittsburgh. 
They played well. They can throw out the three-game losing streak and now just look forward. So it was positive from that regard because if they had somehow found a way to, to lose this game, then you know I think it was kind of going downhill for the rest of the season. So it was definitely a needed win. Again, it was just Pittsburgh, but it gives them confidence, I think, heading into this three games in five-day stretch. One quick note on that. When you're looking at the minutes played, Luke May was the only player above 30 minutes. He had 31. Cam Johnson had 30. All the other starters were less than that. So that might help the heels get their legs underneath them a little bit more and potentially help out with their three-point shooting that they're going to need to have those shots go in when Duke comes to town. Uh, and especially, I think Joel Berry was at 29 minutes. I mean, we'd had to check the box score, but it's been quite a while since he played less than 30 minutes. Off the top of my head, I, I can't even think about the last time he played less than 30 minutes, so fewer than 30 minutes. Might uh, not be this season, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was, it was it was a while ago. Definitely during not an ACC play, so I would imagine. So that's at least December 30th, I believe. So almost, you know, almost probably six or seven weeks since he played fewer than 30 minutes. That's good for him because, again... Three games in five days, he's really, really got to just have his body ready to go. And then even after the Duke game, that Friday, just find a way to recover. And then on Saturday, play the game. And then on Sunday, find a way to recover for Monday because he's just such a key for North Carolina. I I think he just, he really has to be careful this week and make sure he's doing what he needs to do to be ready because they're going to call on him to play 38, 39 minutes in all three of those games. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Rel, really appreciate you joining me after the game. We will talk with everyone next week. Look forward to to Inside Carolina's coverage of that upcoming Duke game, and we'll talk with everyone later on. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.